down your unders. Down your unders. Review and dissection of content from some of the sharpest minds in the game. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Art of War. Down Under. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this episode 167. I think I've just passed my three years of doing this. Apparently, apparently on Transistor, I've been doing this for three years, which I think is incorrect because I did it for like a couple months before. But anyway, I've been doing it for three years. Very happy to be here for three years. And thank you so much to everybody who has supported me, loved my content and uh, joined my patron over that time. You've all been incredibly, incredibly appreciated and much, much, much gratitude for all of you. I am here to complete the codex review for adeptus astartes and to that end i'm joined by the gentleman who would have been here for week one if not week two but he was busy clobbering his way through the crucible shark tank meta of essentially beating up all his mates it is john lennon hello mate hello hello i'm so good to be on here well it's quite it's quite interesting to have you on because i want you to possibly pontificate to us about the correlations we can start drawing from the two codexes that have been released, because we had you on for the uh, NIDS codex, now we're going to the Space Marines codex. So we are getting a lot of John Lennon for these codex reviews, but I'm hoping that is a good thing. Firstly, because these are his factions, and we're going to make use of the gentleman of, of such such renown while we got him. Um, but, mate, congratulations to Crucible. Did a great job. Essentially, you beat all your mates, <laughs> all your work colleagues, and managed to stamp your foot as the king of Florida. Absolutely. You know, it's, uh, that tournament has a special place in my heart, so... Uh... Had to let the other guys know it was mine. Yeah, and you did with Nids. Indeed, I took uh, took the first codex of tenth edition, beat all the silly indexes in front of me. Life was good. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, we're here to review this part two. So part one did last year, uh, last week with the uh, Big William himself, and we did the Otha moment. We talked about Otha moment quite a lot and changes there, and then the first three detachments. So this week we're going to be just doing the second three detachments and talking about the notable changes and notable data sheets moving forward with this new detachments and new rule sets, what you may want to use and wield moving forward. This is a two-part podcast, as always, and the part two for this episode is going to be um, something that we've done in the past, but I haven't done recently, and that is I'm going to have a bunch of different uh, I guess, alum of or experts of this faction coming on and giving about 10 to 15 to 20 minutes of their thoughts on this codex moving forward. I've got Thomas Bird, possibly. I've got um, Sam Procopio lined up, Mitch Pelham, Jaime Paris, and of course, John Lennon. So I hope we could have as many as five Space Marine experts giving their thoughts on what they're excited about, what they want to be using, what they want to be wielding, and what they think of this book. If you want to get that, jump over to the part two that is in Patreon at Art of War Down Under. John, give us your hippity hot takes on how you feel this codex is shaping up uh, on your first impressions. Yeah, so first impression of Space Marines, I mean, obviously everything you say has to be said through the lens of the change to Oath of Moment. Yeah, uh, you already mentioned this in part one, but that is a significant change to the faction. And so the first take is that we've, we've gone wide, but we've lost a little bit off the top, where yep. it feels like the very best Marine build, in my mind, is going to feel just just slightly just slightly worse than where it is right now. Although I do think that the best Marine build right now is a little bit better than their win rate would indicate. Um, and so I think we're losing just a little bit off the top, but now we're going to have so much more diversity in the space. Yes. I'm quite pleased with the the detachments. I think that of the seven detachments that they've given us, well, one of them obviously is a repeat, but that was a good one. And then I think of, of the six new ones, I think at least four of them are genuinely interesting. Like genuinely something I want to put on the table. Exactly right. I think in the the life of this codex, which could be you know legitimately three or more years, 
I will be playing with at least four, if not five, of those attachments. Of course, one of those being Gladius. But yeah, four of the six that they have given us, the brand new ones, have, uh, do have legitimate reason for you to test, for you to experiment. And I can foresee metas in the future that they will have a little bit of a, a nuance or an edge to add to my gameplay. I'm hoping a lot of people at home are excited about that as well, because I'm certainly, certainly uh, happy we have more playable than not. Uh, and I suppose this is, I mean, I, I made inference to what we didn't want to have happen with these codexes, and the, uh, which was the, I, I call it the Bloody Rose effect. Having one substrain or one archetype within a faction that is so much better than every other variant that you never see any other variants. And from the onset right now, it doesn't seem like that is the case for Space Marines. And I mean, to saying it to Tyranids as well, it doesn't seem like it's the case for Tyranids either, even though I do think Nexus is a little bit up on the rest. Well, don't don't look too hard at the numbers on that one. Yeah, well, it's invasion invasion fleet still. Oh, yeah, the, as of as of this Monday, um, the Nexus is the fourth best detachment in Tyranids. Fourth best. Fourth best. <laughs> and I, I'll I'll still stick to my stick to my word of predicting that it was the best one, but uh, we'll see how that actually pans out once more people uh, get more reps of it. Exactly right. But we're not here to talk about Griblies. We're here to talk about the guys who killed the Griblies. More That's often than true. not. That's it's true. true. Ready to talk some Space Marines? It's right, we are. But first and foremost, mate, Art of War, what content have you got coming for Space Marines? Where can people go and enjoy it and catch it and find out some more if they wish? Absolutely. So you can get all of the wonderful Art of War content that we make on YouTube and on our website. Um, we've already done a free um, Codex review on our YouTube channel. So, of course, if you want to go to Art of War 40K on YouTube and subscribe, we would appreciate and love you forever. Uh, then, you know, we've already done our first tier list ranking the detachments there. We've got our first uh, live stream game coming up uh, tomorrow, which by the time this podcast is out, uh, it'll probably already be up. So I'll be playing um, the Iron Storm Spearhead against uh, some Death Guard uh, the day after I record this. And uh, we'll see uh, We'll see when that translates to your ears. But we're going to have a lot of good stuff there. And of course, if you want even more amazing artwork content, you want to get in that sweet Discord Make sure you uh, check out theworm.vhx.tv. That's where you can sign up and get a free trial for the worm. Beautiful. All right, we are going to be starting our review from the Stormlands Task Force. We did the Firestorm, Ironstorm, Anvil, and Oath of Moment last week. So we're going to be doing the second half of these, and then you're jumping into those saucy data sheets. The detachment rule here simply says, uh, Adeptus Status units from your army are eligible to declare a charge in a turn in which they advanced or fell back. How good is that as a rule in this edition? I mean, that's pretty great. Like, it's, a, it's an awesome rule to have. It's a weird thing where you you have a great rule and then you start looking for melee units, and 10th edition has, a, has been yes. a little bit short on that. But this is a very good start. This is a very solid detachment rule. Yeah, totally agree, mate. Um, jumping into the enhancements, you want to take us away with Fury of the Storm? Absolutely. So that first one is for an Adeptus Astartes mounted model only. Improve the strength and armor penetration characteristic of bears melee weapons by one. And each time they end a charge move until the end of the turn, improve the strength and AP by two instead. That's now, real good. Forgive me if I'm wrong, but there's only one model in this codex that can take this, yeah? In this codex, you're correct. Uh, the bike chaplain is the only bike character that made his way from, uh, from 9th edition to 10th edition. I genuinely don't know how they haven't made a bike captain yet, but that's a... Well, I guess they just made the jump pack one, so you kind of assume they're going back to the uh, and making all the different variants. But, um, I really want that bike captain back, my lord. I want that bike captain back. 
because this is the attachment that really excites me and only real only having really a chaplain to play with while awesome isn't the variety I'm looking for, isn't the depth that I want this uh, this attachment to have. Um, in a saying that, of, okay. yeah. in saying that, a lot of the um, the rules in here look like they're kind of cute on Outriders and Bike Chaplains, and every time that we say mounted, just remember that there's a Space Wolf player somewhere among us. <laughs> you, you've always got to be vigilant. Your neighbor. Well, as a dark as a dark angel player, I feel it because I, when I think about what this code, so this one more than any other, and we said this previously, but me and me and Big Will uh, said this that it seems like I wish there was a rider or a caveat to make these better for vanilla marines or as good as for vanilla marines as they are for space wolves as they are for dark angels in this example because right now you have literally outriders and ATVs and one character. You go to space wolves, you get. Thundercav, you get all you get um swift claws and you get a bunch of mounted characters in addition to the chaplain you just like triple the um, applicable units you can apply these these rules to and once we get through them you'll see that like three quarters of these are for mounted and mounted only um and so it just seems like there should have been a thing that said here if you're if you're playing as white scars if you list yourself as freaking white scars you get a little bit of extra you get a something um yeah and of course, the same for Imperial Fist with the, and the Iron Hands and their things and things. Anyway, uh, Fury of the Storm, is it any good on the Chaplain? Yeah, I, I think it's really good on the Chaplain. Plus two AP in combat is a, it takes it from like a weapon that can be ignored to a weapon that just can't be ignored. Um, plus two AP is not something that I've really seen in 10th. Um, yep. Just not a thing. And so he would be, so five attacks at, on the charge would be eight, three, two, yeah? Yeah, I think so. It's, I think eight, it's eight six, three two six yeah. one two is impressive. Eight three two is like actually <laughs> sounds a lot better. Um, I'll I'll ask that you have the the points up for these as well if you can, and I'll keep I'll keep bumping to you for the for how much these cost. But next oh, yeah. one is Portents of Wisdom. Um, Adeptus start is model only, so it cannot doesn't have to be mounted. Uh, while the bear is leading a unit, you can re-roll advance rolls made for that unit. Um, I quite quietly like this, um, and I do believe that these are two pretty cheap ones. I think they're fifteen and twenty, if I remember right. Yeah, so um, that first one is the Fury of the Storm, and that one, let's see right here, Fury of the Storm is 25. Oof. That one's not so cheap, but Portents of Wisdom, the reroll advances, is 15, which feels a lot more affordable. It does, and it feels pretty takeable. Um, next one, I'm just going to jump through these really quick. Next one is sure. Feigning Withdrawal. Uh, Adeptus start is model only. While the bear is leading a unit, it is eligible to shoot in a turn in which it fell back. And as soon as you add that in, it, like you can fall back and do everything because you can fall back, um, except for advance. You can fall back and you can charge. You can fall back and you can shoot. So it's adding the last little cherry to things. And then the last one is Hunter's Instincts. And this is for a mounted model only. Uh, if the bear is uh, in strategic reserves for the purpose of, of seeing setting that unit up on the battlefield, treat the current battle round as being one higher than it actually is. So that means you can come from in from strat reserve turn one, yeah? Yes. Not only that, but it also means you can rapid ingress on turn one. Ooh, baby. If well, yeah, actually, holy crap, yeah, you could. That is that is very, very, very good. Um, give us the last two points cost for those, and then tell us which of these four pack you like the most. Yeah, so fainting withdrawal at uh, twenty points, not too shabby. Hunter's instincts at ten is quite quite cheap. Um, wow. I hate that hunter's instincts is only. Um. Is only for mounted. It could but be busted it, if it wasn't there. It could be busted if it wasn't. So fair enough. But I, I really do like Hunter's Instincts. That's what's going to make me take a mounted character and unit in whatever chapter I'm taking. Mm -hmm. um, in general, though, I don't actually think that any of these 
uh, enhancements are kind of the sauce. They're not the reason we're here. They're a nice upgrade because we're already here, but yep. none of these enhancements are telling me to take this detachment. They're just a couple cute little bonuses. None of them are too expensive. Some of them aren't bad. Fallback and shoot is very weird to have as an enhancement because I don't know what unit I want it on. Only one I can think of is Black Knights. Um, and then they become the full combo piece. So you 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 go 21 inches to clear a charge. So with, with the strategy we're going to get to, you can go 21 inches to clear a charge, try and wrap and trap and tag a bunch of stuff. And then in their turn, if you make it through, fall back, shoot, do it again. Just just uh, rinse, repeat. But in still, I'm not sure it's one I'm paying for. I think I'm, I think I'm probably taking hunting, hunting instincts and probably leaving it at that. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. is, at least. Yeah, I, I fully agree. I feel like just taking cheap hunter's instincts and then if I happen to be taking two mounted characters, aka playing Space Wolves, then I would also take Fury of the Storm. Yeah, yeah. I, I do I think Space Wolves love Fury of the Storm. Holy crap. I think they get yeah, a when lot you start, of that. Yeah, when you start taking like actual melee weapons, like you get a power fist. <laughs> like, I think, yeah. actually, do, do Thundercav get all the normal options or do they just get wolf weapons? Um the Thundercav characters, as in like the uh, Wolfguard of yeah. Battle Leader and stuff. Um I will check for you very quickly. Like, can a um, captain get a strength 10 AP4 power fist? I believe. Because that's something I've been missing in the game is like AP3 and 4 melee. Tired of every melee weapon yeah. being into. Yeah, I yeah, wholeheartedly agree with that sentiment. Uh, all right, so <clears throat> Deathwolf, no, no. Uh, Doggy Dogginson, Boy McGoody Papa, nah, uh, Wolflord on Thunderwolf. Here we go. Um, this model's relic weapon can be replaced with power fist, thunder hammer, relic shield, and close combat weapon. So you can get all the normal weapons. You can. Absolutely you can. Yeah, absolutely you can. So this guy is a beast. Sounds nice. Is a beast. Well, even the relic weapon. Yeah, because you have six attacks hitting on twos, which is a good rate. If you want to just a, I'm going to kill every other space marine on this freaking table, that guy goes to, what, strength seven minus four, two damage, uh, with six attacks hitting on twos. It's a good place to be. Yeah, pretty good place to be. Anyway, um, give us the first of the stratagems for the Stormlands. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, never mind. The first one is Armor of Contempt. It's a battle Moving on. Can I get the next one, too? <laughs> you can do the next one. Just just skip it. Go straight to the next. Everyone knows about that. Perfect. Blitzing a Fusilod. This is a 1 CP battle tactic and used in your shooting phase. And picking an Adeptus Astartes unit that has not been selected to shoot this phase. And it gains Assault on all of its weapons. And if, they, if any of its weapons already had Assault, they instead gain Sustained 1. So, Pretty good. That's yeah, so a one CP advance and shoot. If you already could sustain one, yeah, yeah. The one CP advance and shoot is actually, I think, the better part of that. Um, in in the relation to what this army is, because you want to be advancing and charging. So one CP, you, it just turns you to advance and shoot, advance and charge, uh, to all intents and purposes. Uh, sustained one, a nice little, nice little caveat. I'm trying to think of the things where that is relevant. Uh, do we? Is there anything that wants to go fast that already has assault weapons? I'm just, I'm trying to conjure them. Um, the most obvious one in my head is uh, having plus or um, having Hellblasters in an impulsor. Hellblasters, yeah. Um, yeah and I'm wondering some of the bikes. I'm wondering if the Outrider Outrider bolt rifle is also assault. I know an Intercessor bolt rifle is assault. I would yep. not be stunned if an Outrider bolt rifle also had assault built in. We'll have a quick glance at that as we are going through the data sheets uh, at the end. I think. Um, yep. The next one, oh, sorry, that was a battle tactic if we forgot. <clears throat> the, uh, the next one is full throttle. This is 2 CP and uh, it is a war gear strat. It's in your movement phase. Uh, a mounted or vehicle unit, excluding walkers, so no dreads, unfortunately, 
until the end of the phase, if your unit advances, do not make an advance roll for it. Instead, until the end of the turn, add six to the move characteristic. So auto advance six, but if you're mounted, you get auto advance nine instead. It is two CP, but lordy lord, the reach this gives the army, especially when you're advancing and charging, because there's no caveat there that says you can't charge afterwards. So any anything on a bike automatically goes 21 inches and then declares charge. So you have a min 23-inch threat range. If you are within 23 inches of that unit, you will get charged for 2CP. Um, that just gives a huge amount of playability and viability to a lot of different units. What do you think? That is really fast. Um, it's Again, it's so weird to think of in the context of the Space Marine Codex because a 2CP flat 6 advance for a vehicle isn't exciting because the vehicles can't inherently advance and shoot. Mm-hmm. And so it's actually a three CP flat move a vehicle and then shoot. And that's, meh. and then you look yeah. at the outrider squad again, the only like, cause there's not that many mounted units in this codex and their base rule is to flat advance six. So it's actually two CP plus three to advance roll situationally mm-hmm. necessary, but usually not good. But then again, you look at the, the data sheets that aren't here. Our Thundercav in the room with us right now. Yes, they are. They're breathing over my shoulder, being like, yo, that was that should just say Thundercav move nine. Because it's that's literally the best thing you can do with them. And plus, don't Thundercav have plus one advance, plus one charge? Uh I believe they can easily get that, but that only applies to rolls, not to a flat nine modifier. Ah, good, 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 good. Whew. But yeah, no, uh, uh, flat nine advance on a unit that can advance and charge is wild. So I expect we're gonna see this one. I think this is a uh, game changer. This is absolutely fundamentally amazing. Uh, all right, next up is Shock Assault, mate. Tell us about it. All right, Shock Assault. So Shock Assault is uh, just an easy 1CP in your charge phase. Pick a uh, mounted unit that has not declared a charge this phase. It can reroll charge rolls and gains lance. So it's 1CP to preemptively reroll the charge and then get plus one to wound if you happen to make that charge. If you're in any situation where you would CP reroll a, uh, a fail charge, you probably just spend this preemptively to get yes. both the reroll and the big benefit if you happen to hit. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, for one CP, this is a great going rate for the buffs that it gives. Like one CP to reroll charges is almost a thing you also think you do anyway when you fail a charge. Like you exactly. Said. Yeah, that, that's what, the what, thing I'm willing to do. And one CP for Lance is a thing I'm also willing to do. So one CP for both, extremely good. But on Mounted, like we said, there are only so many units that this benefits. To Vanilla Marines, literally just Outriders. And hey, Outriders with Lance feel a lot better than Outriders without Lance. And Outriders with Lance, the worst part of this to me is that this detachment is telling you to take Mounted characters. And the only Mounted characters you can take mm-hmm. are the bike chaplains who give you plus one to wound already. Already gives a deer. Exactly right. So this is just another one that is innately better for everything except for the vanilla marines. Or it's better for a unit without of outriders without a character. <clears throat> so your worst yeah. unit of outriders can be as good as your other unit of outriders. Yeah, I guess. Um, I mean, I just don't know how many units of outriders I'm taking here. But uh, if I'm taking three, and I only have two bike chaplains for those two enhancements, I suppose the third one does still want to be plus one wound. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, next one is ride hard, ride fast. One CP. I feel like I feel like I should read this in Dominic Toretto's voice. Um, your opponent's shooting phase just after an enemy unit has selected the targets. One mounted or fly vehicle from your army that is selected as a target. One of those attacking units attacks till the end of the phase. 
Each time an attack targets your unit, subtract one from the hit roll and one from the rune roll. And yes, this is a battle tactic. And yes, I'm going to say it. The meme is going to happen. This strat is phenomenal. This is so good. So good. This stratagem here like almost sells me on the entire detachment. Me too. A shooting phase minus one to hit and wound. Yes, it's limited. Yes, you're going to take the things it's limited to. Um, that is wild to me. That's just money in the bank. Please, Lord, please. Why did we not have a bike captain? Why can I not? It's a, it's a battle tactic. I could legitimately use it twice if I had a bike captain. Uh, but yeah, just take a, take a wolf captain. Exactly. But me, my dark angels cannot take this twice. Cannot use it twice. But once again. Just, just take Goldman. Just, yeah, exactly. Yeah, simple. Simple. <laughs> this is the closest thing I think we have to a build around. Yeah, I think I would agree with this. This is as close as it gets. This is a unit, this is a strategy that is going to define what units are taking your army because so many units that I maybe would leave at home are now yeah. actually going to get taken. 100%. All right, give us the last one. All right, one to go, and that is Wind Swift Evasion. One CP when you're in your opponent's movement phase. After an enemy unit ends a normal advance or fallback move within nine of you, Make a normal move up to six inches. So just, and this is anything. This isn't yes. infantry. It's not mounted. This is mm -hmm. units in your army. Your opponent got too close back up. So it's the best version of the tactical doctrine detachment one from Gladius, but just for anything all the time. Yeah, That's flat the six, doctrine. anything all the time. Yes. Super yes. good. Extremely good. Um, I will say that of the six pack here that we have, four of them are battle tactics. Uh, which is extremely juicy for the people out there who can take captains in their units. Um, so once again, Thunder, you know, Space Wolves getting a lot of mileage from a lot of this, but there are a couple here that don't affect um, mounted units. Uh, uh, Blitzing Full Assade and the Windswift Evasion are both ones that don't affect mounted, whereas the, what, Shock Assault, mounted, ride hard, ride, hard, ride fast, mounted, full throttle, mounted, uh, mounted in vehicles on most of those as well. But yeah, pretty pigeonholed in what you can do, but for some armies, this is a powerhouse of potential. Absolutely. You, this, to me, this detachment feels like a tyranny detachment in that it's actively limiting your unit choices mm. more than any of the other ones I've seen so far. I'm, I'm really keen to see what uh, Sam Procopio has to say about this one as an option for Blood Angels, because I've got a feeling that this is pretty, pretty damn good for Blood Angels, but the next one might be a tad better, uh, being the Vanguard. Advance and charge for just like everything that moves 12. I, I can just play an army that moves 12 again and everything advances and charges might just be good enough. But yeah, this is the default, <laughs> absolutely freaking default place to start for a Space Wolves, uh, Space Wolves army. I can't um, imagine Space Wolves starting anywhere else because none of the no. other rules even pretend to support the Space Wolves data sheets, including the Champions of Rust attachment. It's including their own. <laughs> Um, I'm going to ask you at the end of this because I, the one thing I've been struggling to get a bead on is where Death Watch is at with these detachments because they have a bunch of juicy, awkward options that maybe get a lot of play here. But I'm going to wait till we go through all of these before I get your opinion there. In fact, I might even leave that for part two because we've got a we've got a, a Blood Angels, we've got a Space Wolf, we've got everything else. So me and you might try and unpack where the Death Watch are at with these. Um, but as for the Stormlance, this is this is possibly my favorite one of all of them. Um, because it's doing the thing I want to do the most in the game, which is go fast, be silly, 
<laughs> with my all my Ravenwing units, half of which have now been legended, which is, it hurts my soul. I know. Um, sorry. You it's a, how do you feel about the Stormlands, though? Is it is it one of your top ones? Um, it's very focused. I am terrified of the fact that they really didn't put damage dealers in this at all. True. There is yep. not the only way to deal to deal extra damage is to get your mounted unit lance. That is the only yeah. like additional damage dealer. And so I worry that that combined with the current status of Oath means that I don't actually, I think getting there and failing to do anything is worse than being slow. That is a very good take, I think. Very solid take. But hey, getting there could also, if well, if getting there and, and not scoring points by getting there, I mean, if, if just getting there scores you points, as in like you've taken scramblers, you've ta- sorry, you've taken uh, teleport homers behind me lines, engaged, stuff like that. If that's just getting you points, maybe it's still good enough, but I do agree with you. Getting there and failing to do the job, like clearing an objective or stopping primary or whatever like that, it could just be just the death knell of that detachment. It could be. But it also could be the one detachment that lets you take a Thunderhawk. Hey! <laughs> minus one. Oh, man, because you minus two to hit, minus one to wound. <laughs> well, Thunderhawks aren't yes. actually minus one to hit because they don't have stealth. So, oh, okay. Yeah, they just get shot. But a minus one to hit and wound Thunderhawk is something I personally would not enjoy trying to kill. That sounds like what the the old Trogdor used to be. Like it sounds like another the, the new new inversion of the Trogdor arm, which was the what's the name of the big flyer for Nits? Oh, uh, the Harridan. The Harridan. <laughs> that sounds so funny. All right, moving on to the Vanguard Spearhead, which is uh, you know the other one I'm really excited about. Tell me about this detachment rule. All right, so next up is the Vanguard Spearhead, which is uh, totally not Raven Guard. And each time a range attack targets an adept to start his unit from your army, uh, then unless the attacking model's within 12, subtract one from the hit roll, and they get the benefit of cover against that attack. So stealth and cover, essentially, from more mm-hmm. than 12 away, but not actually stealth, so it would stack if you had both. Yes. Bloody interesting. Very, very, very interesting. And there's no caveats on what's going on. Good defensive buff. That's on your Astraeus. That's on your your biggest. That's on your Thunderhawk. That's on, that's on all your units outside twelve. Does not matter. Um, I think it is actually pretty interesting to consider that that is just. It's one of the only buffs that we've gone through in all of these that I think has a universal appeal. Outside the Iron Storm also has a, a, a pretty good universal appeal. But I mean, the, the a Firestorm is only good with inside twelve most of the time. Um, the Stormlands only good for you know it, things that want to you know get into combat or move around the board a lot. Uh, the Vanguard is just I think good all the time on just about everything. Yep, yeah, the Vanguard detachment rule is quite solid. I, I really like it because um, it, it could be used on anything. There's nothing that doesn't want to be minus one to hit from range. Everyone yes. hates getting shot. Dying like Marines is not fun. Yep, agreed. All right, first the enhancements: uh, blade driven deep. It's an infantry model only. Whilst the bear is leading a unit, models in that unit have the infiltrator's ability. Ooh. Holy crap. Just an infantry unit. So, you know, Terminator Captain with 10 Terminators, ah, we infiltrate. With 10 Deathwing Knights, wait a minute. Yes. Yep. Yep. Anything. Uh, if only, if only we could, we could have units join. So if only there was a character that could join uh, Assault Centurions. If only. Oh, I'm, I wanted my Centurion Captain so badly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are you as high on this one as I am? Because I, I think this is uh, a bordering a build around. Yeah, that that enhancement is phenomenal. That is the one enhancement in this detachment that I think is just 
taken every time. No questions asked. Like, do not, don't second guess it. Just find the unit you want to build around. Give it infiltrate. And Correct. and in that vanguard, because this is blade divin deep, that's only only twenty five points. Yeah, like I, I've I would, seen that being at thirty or forty. Forty and eight. Exactly. I was about to say, I'd, I'd almost pay forty for this. Uh, very likely, I'd pay, I'd be willing to pay forty for it. Yeah, so that uh, one being as reasonably costed as it is is a little surprising. Uh, give us the next one. Ghost Weave Cloak. The bear has the lone operative ability. That's it. Oh, and stuff. And stuff. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so that is uh, that is fifteen. Very modest. Extremely good. And we we just lost our probably best lone op unit in the sniper scouts. So this just being like, well, that character is now just my unit of sniper scouts. Well, I'm I'm gonna trawl through and try and find the cheapest damn character I'm willing to slap this on. Because of course we also have the lieutenant with combi weapon who's what is he sixty or seventy points now? Uh he's I believe seventy off memory. Um he's not yeah, expensive. I actually not kind of like this on like a bit of a beater captain, like a finest hour. Oh yeah, just captain just walking around, or a gravis captain. He's half damage. Yep. stealth. He's just chomping around, just kind of waiting for a skirmish unit to try. And when they yeah. do, he has stealth, <laughs> and yeah. he's dual outside. Well, you can't shoot him outside twelve, and when you do try and get inside, he's got he's, yeah, he's got uh, stealth. So that is pretty source. I like it a lot. Um, next one is execute and redeploy. It's for Phobos only, which means it is only what the Phobos lieutenant, Phobos um, Libby, Phobos um, captain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in your shooting phase, after the bearer's unit has shot, if the unit is not within engagement range of one or more enemy units, it can make a normal move up to six. If it does, until the end of the turn, that unit is not eligible to clear a charge, and this unit can this cannot allow the bearer's unit to move more than once in your shooting phase. So that's pretty much just stop and eliminators. From doing a triple move, yeah, I believe that the um the actual reaver lieutenant lets his unit um double move or um oh, yeah. shooting. That's my memory. Um, I don't actually know if it's the same in this book, but uh, I believe that that's there for a couple of reasons. No, mm. no double or triple moves. No charging after. That's fine. Yeah, uh, I just don't have a Phobos unit. I'm excited about. Me either. It's not the enhancement's fault, but like I don't even care to look up how many points it is because there just isn't a Phobos unit that I'm going to take. There is there is a world where I can see in maybe a couple of months or a couple of weeks' time where a meta evolves that I want to chuck this on a Phobos librarian in a unit of infiltrators and then just be like, lol, keep away, you'll never get within 12 um, with this unit. And so it's just a unit that just guarantees, even more guarantees than it already is guarantees. Uh, but it might, be a, it might be a double or triple down that we just do not need. Mm-hmm. In saying this, how many points is it? If it's like 10 freaking points, well, who cares? Chuck it on. Yeah, so execute and redeploy is 20. Yeah, I mean, if we had a unit good enough, it, this this is a great buff. But yeah, like I said, there's just no Phobos units to get excited about. I yeah. do agree with you that an infiltrator is the best bet just to have it move a little faster, but... Yeah. yeah, yeah. Especially when you've got somebody who wants to ingress, who wants to, you know, come in from reserve. Like, you just... You're playing against GSC, and you're just like, well, I'm just going to... These guys are going to move... Shoot, move. Essentially, it's auto advance six in all intents and purposes, right? Yeah. Um, or do you have to have sh- in your shooting phase after they have shot? So you- can you advance? Yeah, they do have to phase? actually shoot. Exactly. So I was about to say, I don't think their weapons are, are um, assault. So we can check that in a minute, though. Anyway, moving on. What's the last one? Shadow War Veteran. And this one is just a Vect. It just gives you a Vect the same way that I. Uh, 
you see the guard enhancement or the callous ability, which obviously means that it's going to be limited to battle tactics, even though it doesn't actually say that. Still think it's good. How many points is it though? 30. Yeah, I mean, well, then I'd, I'd all pay, of a sudden... I'd pay 30 for that if I had the 30, but I, I would probably pay that. Well, people are paying 85 still for a Caladius in some lists, so this is just like, well, 50 point, 55 points or more of list you get to take. Or you can take both and be an absolute lockdown machine for the, both, the one or two people. Both still. is the mood I'm in. The second someone uses armor... Well, because, frankly, as soon as this book is street legal, everyone's going to bust out their Marines to figure out what's going on. Every Correct. single Marine detachment has at least one battle tactic. Most of them have four. It's true. So That's I actually true. love I love having a double back to access. Um, or God help me if we manage to put a Death Watch Watchmaster in here for the vaunted triple vect. Ooh, ooh, triple vect. That's a that's a whole new planetary desolation. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, well, you just find every battle tactic in their detachment, and make it no longer able to be used. Because there's, the, the... there's a two CP armor of contempt that I'm willing to spend. I will never have four CP for it. No, no. I <laughs> just love, insert the meme of we don't do that here when someone tries to use their CP. <laughs> yeah, we don't do that. Again. Never again. <laughs> never. All right, onto the strat. It's, we have a deadly prize at first. This is one CP. It's a war gear strat. It's in your, the start of your command phase. And it's one infantry or mounted unit from your army within range of an objective marker that you control. That objective marker is said to be sabotaged. It remains under your control even if you have no models within range of it until your opponent controls it at the start of any turn. While an objective marker is sabotaged and under your control, each time an enemy unit ends a normal advance, fallback, or charge move um, within range of the objective marker, roll a d6 on a 2+, plus, they suffer d3 mortal wounds. For 1cp, just a sticky an objective is pretty nice, which I like. And it guarantees any time they try and take it off you, at least once, one unit of theirs is going to cop d- a, a 2+, plus cop d3 mortal wounds, yeah? Yeah, and there's something... So that, that's all great. One CP sticky objective and randomly caught mortals. That's cool. That's a good one CP strat. There's, I don't know how important this is, but there's an interesting thing that this is written slightly differently than all the other sticky objectives because this one only gets taken over at the end of a turn, which never is going to impact scoring. But there's weird things where like a custodian's guard unit charges you and takes the objective. Well, they don't actually take it until the end of the turn. Yeah. So if you have cards as objectives... You still got it, yeah. It's very weird timing because all the other ones are like until the end of a phase or something along those lines, and yet here they decided to make it slightly different. And it's the start of the command phase, so that's either, right? I don't know when it's going to be. I can't really conjure a situation where it's going to be applicable to sticky in your opponent's command phase, but the fact that you can do both is is nice. <clears throat> yeah, just nice for having the utility of when you're going to do it. Because what that means is, and this is the really good part, you run a five-man scout unit onto the middle objective in front of a Tau army. You stick <laughs> in the objective in their command phase. And then post up. Yeah. They kill you, fire and fade behind the wall, and you say, well, fascinating. At the end of the turn, it's still mine. Yeah, and then you're just you posting up post. in that L just to, to the other side of the objective, and you're like, please, give me a reason. <laughs> yeah, I think that, the, that being start of the command phase is wildly good because you can do it in your opponents yeah i think it's honestly the best part is that you can run an idiot out to die you can run a servitor out and just oh actually no you can't servers don't exist anymore uh anyways Mm -hmm. run your cheapest most disposable the last wounded guy out 
hold an objective, stick in your opponent's turn, and watch them realize they have to come out. Actually, actually, holy crap. So remember when we used to be putting infiltrators on objectives to sticky them, but it only really worked if you went first? Yeah. Now it doesn't matter. Yeah. You've got infiltrators on an objective in the open. <laughs> if they go first, who cares? Slap your CP, still sticky. It doesn't matter. If they blow it up, they kill the unit, who cares? If you go first, you just sticky it, move off behind the wall, and wait till they have to make the, the trade down. This is real good to unpack. Yeah, very, very good stratagem. All right. Uh, next one is Armor Contempt. So moving on, what's the one after that? Surgical Strikes. This is a two-command point battle tactic. And this lets you, for two CP, get uh, precision with one Adeptus Astartes infantry units, melee weapons, in the fight phase. Yep. You either players fight phase, just two CP, precision and melee, fight phase. I think it's good and necessary. And the fact that it's a battle tactic is needed because it's a two CP you, you you would have you'd be stretched to want to use this more than maybe once a game. Agreed. This one is going to be rare to see come up just by the nature of what um what Space Marines are trying to do. But in general, agreed. I think it's a I think that you're looking to just have access to this and have one or two mm -hmm. melee units and call that good enough. Yep, yep. I mean, well, your aggressors are going to love it on the turn which they go in, and you want to punch dead the freaking uh, crypto whatevers. So you, you want to punch around the uh, the crypto thralls into the cryptech and <laughs> actually do damage to, like, Necron Warriors and stuff like that. Yeah, no, it's just getting getting access. This is nice. There's going to be a couple of yeah. units that are really good. Um, and, of course, that unit is probably going to be the one that has blade-driven deep because everyone wants one combat unit. Correct. All right, uh, Strike from the Shadows is 1 CP. Uh, in your shooting phase, one Adeptus Astartes infantry unit from your army that has not been selected to shoot this phase. And to the end of the phase, each time model in your unit makes a ranged attack that targets an enemy unit that is more than 12 away. Improve the ballistic skill and armor penetration characteristic of that attack by one. If one more enemy units are destroyed as a result of those attacks, select one of those units that had a destroyed unit, because this is worded really weirdly, um, and that unit has to take a battleship test. So one CP, plus one ballistic skill, plus one rend, and forcing a battle shock if you kill a model. I think that is an extremely freaking good CP. Yeah, that, that's that's quite good. Um, I like Strike from the Shadows a lot. I think that's just money. Um, yeah. This um, for those at home outside of so I think the Firestorm does aggressors damn well, but the, the aggressors usually you know they want to be in their demon and they want to be usually be for Flamer boys because we're probably going to take Rolf. Flame is good. Flame on good. Um, this is I think the next best way to do Bolter aggressors. Uh, outside the um, outside the Gladius, because you can have them, you can have AP two uh, lethal hit, essentially um, aggressors, and I think that could be actually pretty good. Blitz skill two plus as well, so you don't need to be shooting the Earth target; you're actually just hitting a lot. Yeah, Blitz skill two is quite nice. Um, Dev Centurions have kind of been floating around my mind. Yep. Uh, those Grav Cannons getting a little extra AP is quite. Ooh, yeah. Yes, agreed. There's some yeah, real options with this, and being a battle tactic helps out a lot. Yeah, I actually really love that this is a battle tactic. I think this is this might end up being one of the better strats in here, um, and that is with a deadly prize being something you kind of want to slap down every turn. Um, all right, give us the one after that. Calculated faint. Uh, one once a weekend. This is going to be the best stratagem in the game. <laughs> <laughs> so one CP strategic play, and uh, in your opponent's charge phase after an enemy declares a charge. Uh, you pick one infantry unit that was a target of the charge, and it can make a normal move of d6 
unless you are Phobos or Scout, and then it can make a six-inch normal move. They can't reallocate the charge. It doesn't say that you can. This is this is some damn good jankery. Uh, you do once, want to... once a weekend, it's going to be the most broken strat mm -hmm. in the game. Mm -hmm. In all honesty, this is the one that you have to tell your opponent about at the start of the game. Be like, yo, need to let you know, this is something that I can do. And if then they forget and you get in with it later, at least you've done your due diligence and you've been like face up with it. Because this could be a pretty nasty gotcha. Yeah, this one you you just have to have to let them know. Yeah. Um, as for yeah, I know this is this is just another well, this just means that you don't take where's the, the executed and execute and redeploy. You know, one where the, I was just saying you try and keep your infiltrators on the move. You just have it. You just have it. Oh, you moved. You moved in range to try and charge the unit. You have to charge the kill because it's got lone up stealth and and uh, you know you can't deep strike within twelve of it. Uh, well, I just walked away again for one CP. Yeah, it's uh, so good. <clears throat> yeah, and yeah. Then if, there, there's so much jank here because if they declare two, um, you know they declare two units as a charge and one of them backs up, and they can't reach the second one, they still can't complete the yeah. charge. Too if they bad. only complete one, that one moves back. Um, so and let me let me just give you a clarification, by the way, that I was yep. pulling up in the designer's commentary to make sure. So if you know that was an eligible target of an attack or charge when selected stops being eligible because of a rule that enables it to make it out of move, you know, out-of-phase move, for example, then you can select new targets for those attacks. So they have Good. to be eligible. But here's the yep. thing: if you move to an 11.9 inch charge, or you, yeah, or if you interweave with a unit that they didn't declare, you're still eligible. It's just a bad idea, and that's their their problem, not yours. So, well, like for course. example, imagine like five, you know, scouts interspersed with a terminator unit. If they charge both, the scouts back up, and then they can't be reached. Yep. And then if they charge one, you know, if they charge both. Do the, do the same thing. If you only charge the Terminators, the Terminators back up behind the Scouts. Mm -hmm. And what, what's the plan here? Guns. Yeah. The answer is guns. Yeah. The answer is guns. Um, also, I'd like to know, I'd like to point out, so a lot of the time, um, I think the Service Raiders were the biggest proponent of this previously, is using one unit that you, so you declare a charge on one unit and then, oh, sorry, two units, and then one of those units screens off the other unit. That works a lot better in this edition than it did last edition when you're essentially the direction the ingress you have to go the the, the line you have to the charge into is almost decided for you by the rules and operations of the, the charge phase so when you want to use one unit to protect another one it's so much more available to you yeah it's kind of a big deal it is all right guerrilla tactics is the last one it is a strategic ploy also one cp it's end of your opponent's fight phase up to two phobos and or scout squads or one other infantry unit. Remove those units from the battlefield and place them into strategic reserve. Each unit uh, selected for this strategy must be more than three inches away from all enemy models. So this is just one CP pick up two Phobos or scout squads and put them in strat reserve or any other infantry squad. I, I think this is uh, very good as well. Yeah, I really like the idea of not only having your, you know, your loan off lieutenant, but also like a Phobos character that you bought loan off for and having a yes. couple of different teleporting loadouts if in a pinch if you need yes. to. Because your scouts, I know you can pick a scout squad with this, but your scout has that ability on its data sheet, so I don't really understand what's going on there. Hmm. So a question for you, because I know this is a, a, a question that comes up a lot. When it says strategic reserve, 
Yeah. Does that mean I can arrive from Deep Strike if I have that special rule, just for people at home? You absolutely could. That is exactly what that means. Perfect. So you can use this on unit of Terminators if you wanted to. You put down your your Deathwing Terminators, and then that that dastardly Eldari play them. It keeps them at like movement two for yeah, so movement three, and and no advance for a couple of turns. You're out of position. One CP. Chuck him back in reserve. See if you can get him in a better spot in the in the coming oh, game. I would even do this on an Inceptor squad. Hundred, dude, hundred percent. I will be doing this on an Inceptor squad. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, Drop him down and get some points. Go back up. Go again later. It feels really good. Mm-hmm. Um, as for the Vanguard Spearhead, it is such chock. It's so chock full of jank. It doesn't have. It's only got six strats. One of them is Armor of Contempt, and there's still three super top tier jank strats in here that I'm extremely excited about. And uh, the enhancements are. I mean, they're okay. I think the Lone Up one, the Infiltrate one, the first two are obviously the best of the bunch because they just give your army things that you cannot get anywhere else um uh how do you feel about it mate and how highly do you rate this strat this detachment sorry uh i think it's pretty good uh getting the only defensive buff as a detachment role in the codex yeah is actually pretty nice i like that and then also very good very solid enhancements three of these are solidly things i would take and again because i think we're about to see a marine renaissance you know regardless of the power level of this book when there's a new marine book people play marines and most armies have a good battle tactic. Like almost every army has at least one good battle tactic. Yes. And at the end of the day, if you have two vets and you just say whatever, you only get one CPU roll a game. So be it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, totally fair. Overall, again, we're in the same thing as White Scars or Stormlands. My bad. Where not enough here buffs the power of the book for me to be happy, but the tricks here feel a little more widely applicable than they are in Stormlands. Yeah. And it's and, obviously a different direction, but there's yes. a lot more infantry than mounted. And that means there's a lot more things to use these strats on. Agreed, agreed. Uh, I do think this is one of the better ones for the vanilla Space Marine Codex. I think this is very applicable to a lot of just vanilla units, like just a lot of Phobos, just a lot of uh, bits and pieces. But funnily enough, I love this as Blood Angels. I love this as Death Watch. And Death Watch, correct. Yeah, I think both of them get a phenomenal amount of power out of this. I mean, just a Death Watch kill team just giving an infiltrate. All of a sudden, you know, wowie, it just goes off. It, yeah, it, 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 Proteus into your opponent very quickly is a whole yeah. different animal. It is exactly right. And then you have another one. You can have another one with, you know, doing a bunch of other, other stuff. I also really love that this gives essentially Fall on Fury to back to Blood Angels. Like you have, you know, 10 death company with a character that has infiltrate and they all start up the board. And then I think I said this in the previous episode. And then you have a, you have your librarian dread. Who's just, you send, send that unit in. Oh, cool. On a two plus, another unit takes its place and you can look to doing a, something like that again. And then, well, who wants to, okay. You, you've got plus one, you've got minus one to hit and cover outside 12. Who wants to get inside of 12 of, you know, blood angels, melee units to not have. So you don't have that shadow masters buff. No one wants to do that. <laughs> Nope, so it, it feels pretty good. Also, um, precision surgical strikes on Blood Angels seems mwah, cherry ripe. But also, um, those super thunder hammers on the Death Watch with surgical strikes, that is just source. That is just very, very, very exciting. Yeah, I really want to infiltrate a good like good Proteus team right into someone. I also really like the idea of strike from the shadows on their Terminators. Yes. Because you get those Cyclones to uh, hitting on 2's AP3. Correct. The AP is freaking huge there. Um, yeah, I, I, I think this is a very exciting one, and it's definitely one I'm going to be playing with. 
Yeah, so lots of good gen kind of Vanguard. All right. All right, we are moving on to the last of the attachments. It's got to be the first, right? It's got it's got it's got first company task force. It's got to be the best one, obviously. There's just no doubt in my mind. It's a surprise that they made it the last one when it is the first company. (laughs) I would have much rather had like so. Essentially, as far as I can tell, if they put this one first and then the anvil, we would just have four bangers at the end (laughs) instead of just like it's kind of. Uh, book noted with the possibly the two worst ones. Uh, the detachment rule here is extremist level threat. Once per battle in your command phase, you can use this ability. If you do to the end of your next command phase, each time a model from your army with the Oath of Moment ability makes an attack that targets your Oath of Moment target, you can re-roll the wound roll as well. So once per game, you can get back what Oath used to be. God, that feels bad. Yeah, it just feels like a dig. It feels like an insult. It's like, oh, you like this? You can have it yeah. back. Yeah, it's, it really know, does. Your firstborn child. It feels like a slap. <laughs> it does not feel like a good rule. It should have been like you get reroll once uh, against everything for that turn, and fully rolls to win against the oath target or something like that. It, it just could have been so much more. Um, yeah, it just seems rough. Uh, first of the enhancements, mate. Tell the story. Yeah, so uh, first up is the Imperium Sword. These are all the names that I miss and remember fondly. Uh, Add one of the attacks characteristic of the bear's melee weapon. Once per battle at the start of any phase, use the enhancement, and if so, add one of the attacks characteristic of all melee weapons equipped by all other models in the bear's units as well. So a lot of these are do a thing. Once a game, the unit gets the thing too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Funnily enough, I actually think this is pretty good. Um, Yeah, it's solid. Yeah. And it's not it terribly is. expensive. It's 25, which isn't cheap, but it's not that bad. No, it's not that bad. Um, Fear Made Manifest is up next. Um, while an enemy unit is excluding monsters and vehicles, is within six of the bearer. Each time the unit fails, Battleshock test, one model from that unit is destroyed, chosen by its controlling player. And then once per battle, when such an enemy fails, a Battleshock test you can choose for D3 models to be destroyed this way instead. Never heard of you. See you later. Alligator. <laughs> what a I mean, terrible enhancement. They might as well say every time it's D3 models because you're never getting this twice. Yeah, exactly right. If you get this off once, you're already a chat. You're already yeah. an absolute no, I, boss. I love the idea of this, but Space Marines aren't an army that causes a ton of battle shock tests. Mate, mate, you're telling me you're not going to take a whirlwind plus a Reaver Lieutenant? <laughs> oh, and also three by five. Uh, you know, in furnace marines, come on, let's go, let's go. The never once in their wildest dreams did the ten Deathwing knights that infiltrated up on me expect me to make them take seven battle shock tests. Yeah, fail one of them, so, so one guy dies, and oh look, the other nine dudes still just killed you and won the game. If they take seven <laughs> battle shock tests, maybe they fail four of them, then four guys die. That's true. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I wish this. Yeah, how many I wish this. What would you spend on this? Sorry, how many points would I spend on it? Yeah, how many how many points of like support are you willing to put into battle shocking one person? Exactly right. So fear made manifest does a thing. How many points is it by the way? Because it should be like two. <laughs> fear made manifest. Oh, you know for a fact, Adam, that this is the most expensive one. It's thirty. Jesus, merciful! <laughs> what? Yeah, what were they thinking? Uh, anyway, uh, rights of war, mate. What is it? 
Uh, improve the OC of the bear by one once per battle at the start of any phase. Uh, then until the end of the phase, add one to the objective control of all other models of the bears as well. So once a game for a phase, you you get it. Yeah, and so th this this is the part that pains me. N not only is it that this is bad, but also it's that you can only use it in the command phase. Yep. So like if you use it in the fight phase, it stops at the end of the fight phase, and then you check for you know your secondaries like taken hold or or like you like you can't you also can't use it for an end of game primary. Yep. If you go second, and you can't use this. It's only for a phase. The fact that this isn't for a turn, or it could it would have it would not have been unreasonable for this to be a battle round. Also, uh, it, yeah, it's trash. It's yeah, terminated for a phase is fine. This being for a phase yeah. feels like the the writer didn't really get how the missions of 10th yeah. edition played because yeah, just use only, this in your command phase of turns two through four. Yeah, it's only relevant in a command phase. Uh, it's only for a Terminator model as well, if, if we miss that. Uh, and I, uh, how many points will it cost you? Dare I ask? Oh, uh, you know, I, uh, all right, this is 10. That's okay. They should all be 10. This is <laughs> all of these should be 10. Last one Iron Resolve, Terminator model only. The bearer has a five up feel no pain. Uh, once per battle after the bearer's unit is selected as a target of one or more attacks. If the, the bearer can use this enhancement, if it does till the end of the phase, models in the bearer's unit have a five-up feel-no-pain. Also, that's easily the best one, by far, bar none. And the fact that that isn't the most expensive is hilarious. 15. Very takeable at 15. Mm -hmm. For what it's worth. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I think I, for 15 points, this is a phenomenal enhancement. Um, I, I totally it's agree. just... I. I don't know if that enhancement alone is going to do the heavy lifting. Because so yeah, far, that's the only thing I've liked. It's the only enhancement that I've uh, I give any any credence to. If there is some super like melee unit we can do now, it's like if if there is a break point where a captain and or a jump pack chaplain joins five or ten jump intercessors and plus one attack gets them over a significant break point of some kind. Or maybe Vanguard veterans with their lethal hits on the charge, having another tactical lethal hits on the charge into an oath target, gets them over a break point, possibly. The other two, Fear Made Manifest and Rights of War, are possibly two of the worst enhancements in this entire codex. And, yeah, uh, Rights of almost. War for 10 is perfectly fine, but that's Fear Made Manifest is so hard to use. <laughs> that I, can't <laughs> I just love it. It's almost like they were just like, ah, make it 30. No one's taking it anyway. <laughs> we can make it free. No one will take it. Anyway, Armor Contempt is the first of the strats. So I'll tell you about the next one, which is Heroes of the Chapter. This is a battle tactic. It is 1 CP. In your shooting phase or the fight phase, and one Terminator, Blade Guard, Stone Guard, or Vanguard veteran squad from your army that is not being selected to shoot or fight to the end of the phase. Each time a model in that unit makes an attack, add one to the hit roll. And if you're below half strength, add one to the wound roll as well. One CP plus one to hit um, is totally fine. It's totally acceptable. Um, and if you're below half strength, plus one to wound, <coughs> so be it. Maybe it gets you over, over the line. That is not exciting. One CP plus one to hit. Sure. Yeah. Eh? It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. I'm not excited about that. Yeah, no. Nah. I mean, but it's the same as like if it was a one CP sustained hits one, one CP for lethal hits. It's, it's pretty much on the same metrics. It's nothing to be, you know, jumping for joy about. And it is on, I mean, of the units that it's applicable to, the only one I'm feeling like taking at the moment is probably the Blade Guard in some of my lists, you know, some of my, my Black Templars lists. 
And I'm not taking Black Templars as first company Dark Force, that's for sure. But apart from that, we'll get into the data sheets and maybe Terminators are still good. But Sternguard have definitely lost a little bit. Vanguard veterans possibly have been superseded. Um, terrifying proficiency, mate. Give us a story. Yeah, 1CP in your fight phase. Um, after one of the aforementioned veteran units uh, from your army made a charge move this turn and destroyed one or more enemy units this phase. So if you charge and then kill an enemy unit with one of these specific veterans, then you spend one CP on the stratagem. That's what that means. And in your opponent's next command phase, each enemy unit within six inches of your unit must take a Battleshock test. <laughs> if you're taking the Battleshock test is below half strength, subtract one from that test. And then enemy units affected by the stratagem do not need to take any other Battleshock tests in the same phase. So you're not even making them take an extra one if they were already going to take one. They just take this one instead. Yeah, so this is a little funny in a very small way. It's not, again, not, like, good. But is that it's in the command phase, not in the Battleshock step. So it bumps the command. It takes the Battleshock step forward to the point that Mm -hmm. they cannot actually, like, auto-pass. And this is a very fun... I actually don't think this strategy is nearly as bad as people are, you know, talking about it. Because, honestly, if you go in there with Fear Made Manifest, God help me for saying this, and then you get your opponent to take, like, five Battleshock tests and lose two or three dudes. Yep. And no one got to auto-pass. You, like, might actually mess up their day. You, you might actually cause some cause some nuisance. You might cause that's, a nuisance. That's all I'm thinking. It's, it's consolidate into someone and then they fail the Battleshock test and they couldn't auto-pass. It's like, ah, now I really don't want to fall back from you, but, like, tough luck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So next up is Duty and Honor. This is 1CP. It's a strategic ploy. It's in your movement phase, and it's uh, one of the aforementioned veteran units, Terminators, Blade Guard, Stone Guard, Vanguard, um, and that are within range of an objective marker that you already control. The objective marker remains under your control, even if you have no models within range of it until your opponent controls the start of your turn. So that means you are controlling objectives with your aforementioned, you know, important units, uh, but not a bad one CP strat for sticky objectives. Uh-huh. Compare this to the, the Vanguard. I know, I know. Like- in your opponent's um, command phase or in your movement phase? Good golly, Miss Molly, I know which one I prefer. Me too. But if just looking at it face value, one CP for a sticky objective option is a, is, a, is a damn fine going rate for such a thing. And I'm trying to just limit it as that because that's the only way this thing will survive is if you actively choose to not compare inside a vacuum, that vacuum being the rest of the book. I love it. I love it so much. All right. Orbital Teleportarium. Tell us what's up. 1CP, strategic ploy. End of your opponent's fight phase, pick one Terminator unit from your army and put it in strategic reserves. And uh, it comes in in the next, uh, in the reinforcements of your next movement phase using the deep strike ability. And you can't pick uh, units that are wholly within engagement range of an enemy unit. Eh, it's fine. Uh, no, hold on. This is 1CP to do the exact same thing as <laughs> another Vanguard stratagem, <laughs> except worse. Except worse. I love it. If I had a nickel for every time. Yeah. Yeah. First company had a worse version of another strat. You'd have two nickels. And it's not that many, but it's just, it's awkward that it happened twice with only six stratagems to choose from in each. And then they're both the Vanguard. Like, like does the Vanguard just do better Terminators? Terminators? Yeah. Considering one of your Terminator units will infiltrate almost definitely, I think yes. Well, there's one left, Adam. Hit me with Legendary Fortitude. All right, 1CP. It is a battle tactic. Let's go. Uh, your opponent's charge phase just after the enemy unit ends a charge move. And one of your veteran units 
uh, from your army within range, engagement range of that enemy unit. To the end of the turn, each time an attack is allocated to your mo a model in that unit, subtract one from the damage characteristic of that attack. So one CP minus one damage in the fight phase. It's totally fine. Probably it's totally fine. Totally That's fine. It. It's totally fine. Yep. So there's a lot of totally fine going on here. And then there's <laughs> several not. There's, also there's several not okay. Not okay things. This is uh, the yeah. most restrictive because of its six stratagems, one is Armor Contempt, four of them are the various veteran units only, and then one of them is actually just Terminator only. And so Correct. it is so hard. Like, what, we're going to build I mean, an entire army of Van Vets, Sterngar Vets, and Terminators? That's the plan? Well, my Deathwing Terminator list, my 45 odd Deathwing Terminators, should love this. Uh, but no, they like the Vanguard better. The Vanguard is just better for that army in every way. It has more damage dealing from range. It has more flexibility, more maneuverability, and has a better buff, better army buff by by a magnitude that yeah. it has a better detachment rule. I just cannot believe that they they took a an all-veteran detachment and no one can advance and do anything. No one can no one. fall back and do anything. No one can find a way to hit harder. Like, there's six niche support stratagems here and no meat. No meat. The uh, literally only way to hit harder is the Imperium Sword, giving plus one attack like once per game. To put a patty on my burger. <laughs> yeah, it is. You just got the bun, the lettuce, and the sauce. You, you know that first bite <laughs> you take of a good sandwich, where you're just getting like a big chunk of lettuce and like and an onion ring out of the way before you you start in. Yes. Yeah. It's the entire burger is made of that. <laughs> Everything in here. Could be so much better as well. Like God. there could there could have been a shoots twice in here for for Lord's sake. There could have been a fights twice in here for Terminators or and or any of these units fighting twice would have made such a big difference. Blade Guard fighting twice, Vanguard Vets fighting twice. Um, all these things like Terminators fighting twice or and or a bigger consolidate, a bigger pile in, a better charge, anything. Like yeah, there is. There's nothing in here that says. This is why this detachment is better than that other one. Well, there's for, nothing. For anything, to there's nothing you can do to make this better than a different detachment. You cannot. That's exactly right. Anything. And nothing in this unit, this this detachment, activates any of its units or takes them past, dramatically past what they can do on their data sheet. Essentially, yeah. Like, it, it, yeah, it's it's kind of tragic. Anyway, we're moving on to the data sheets. That is your six pack of. Detachments, and I know you, you guys, Art of War has a probably almost definitely by the time you're hearing this, Art of War has done a ranking of the detachments, and oh, so we can do that. that too now from the bottom. <laughs> first company task force, then the anvil, and then it actually gets murky for where you put the next four. What's your thoughts? Yeah, so the next one there is probably the Stormlance for me. I feel like the Stormlance is the next one. Um, for generalist, I, I do agree for the vast majority. I have Stormlance a little higher in my heart. But uh, I do agree. And then, it, is it is it Iron Storm or is it Vanguard? I think it's Vanguard personally. I think Iron yep. Storm is actually pretty good. I think it's very good. Yeah. So, yeah. and from there, I think Vanguard just parts right in that middle. Very cool tricks, yep. some damage losses. Then, in my mind, it's Firestorm and then Iron Storm. So I did say Firestorm and Firestorm is one of those two. I did say um, previously that I think if you were uh, if you were going to take your two thousand point Gladius list right now and play it with the new stuff, the Firestorm is where you would go to play mostly the same archetype, the same army with the new rules. Um, 
And I think of the two you've just listed, Ironstorm and Firestorm, they're the ones that actually push a little bit of a damage on your opponents. The other ones, essentially every other one has to live off jank and your your abilities are general, whereas the Firestorm and the... I, I feel like the Firestorm and the Ironstorm are the only two that could really get some bully game going. Like, you, I am going to win unless you freaking stop me because I'm going to blow you up and I'm going to move across the board with these big old scary units. Is, is that safe to say? Yeah, I think that's true. I think that the Ironstorm and the Firestorm are the two that... Those are the two new ones that really stand out to me the most. Uh, the jank of the Vanguard is appealing. Yeah, it really do same stuff with Vanguard. I think it'll have yeah. some problems, but some pretty good stuff going for it. I feel the same way about the the Stormlands. I feel like if you build into it, it can be in this both of the, the Vanguard and Stormlands. If you build into them enough, dedicate your list enough to them, they can be very strong. But as for an all comers, I mean, Ungabunga three redemptive three Ballistas in the Iron Storm, and then just take stuff. Your list is great. Ungabunga double re- double uh, redeemer with aggressors, uh, Infernus and Vulcan. Cool, your army is awesome. Doesn't matter what you take from that. Your army is really strong. Um, yep. The other ones you really need to put like fifteen hundred points into making them good um, before they even get much return. But where does the gladius come in, mate? Come on. I honestly, this is so painful. It's I the best think one. The gladius is the best one. The book. <laughs> it is. It is honestly, it is it's equally on par with the firestorm and the ironstorm, and the fact that it's a little bit more well-rounded probably means it's better, and that hurts me so much. So both the, the ironstorm and the firestorm both push you to skew in different ways, and if you hit the skew right, it's probably better than the gladius. But the gladius is take all comers, pretty dang good top to bottom, and I love. To, I feel like marines are trying to do that. I think if you try to do a marine skew list of. Six Dreadnoughts, life is good until you play against Chaos Knights and go second, and Brigands are like, weird, the closest guy I'm AP5 against. Well, he's dead. Yeah. Hey, the he's next dead. guy, AP5, oh, there you go. Next yep. guy, like, it's just gonna... It's just gonna if you skew too hard, it'll occasionally bite you in butt. And so, for me, Gladius is, like, still easily top two, maybe even the best one. Yeah, I, th- I definitely think it's at least the equal of the Firestorm and the Ironstorm. And the fact is that, like you said, both of those force a little bit more of a skew than the Gladius means that yeah. arguably the Gladius is maybe like, if we're talking about these guys are both 8 out of 10, Gladius is maybe 8.2 out of 10. You know, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a smidge. Yeah, a smidge. Um, all right, mate, we're going to talk about some data sheets. We're going to talk about the new ones first. Um, and so I'm going to be leaning on you to pull these up for us and give us the dissemination which one of them appears first? I think it's probably just the jump captain. And guess what? Exactly the same as the index jump captain. Yeah, it <laughs> Does he even have more wounds or more attacks? Uh, I, I, I don't have the index version up to compare, but I it is it. the same damn thing. Uh, if you're curious, though, I will tell you that a captain with jump pack has less war gear than before, but he can still take a, re- um, a thunder hammer and storm shield. Okay, so it used to be uh, five wounds with, you know, and a status change, so it's seven attacks, six attacks, five, all, all the, you know, moving down. Yeah, yeah. Um, still it the same? Looks like he's exactly identical, as far yes. as I can tell in every possible way. He just no longer can take, like, lightning claws or anything like that, if he even could before. He chooses a plasma pistol or a hand flamer, pairs it with yep. a chainsword, power fist, or relic weapon, or he replaces the entire kit caboodle with... A thunder hammer and storm shield. 
Okay. Or a relic shield, pardon me. Ooh. It is the same <laughs> plus one strength on the charge, and he has the same rights of battle as every other captain. He is he is the same dude as before. Mm-hmm. Okay, moving on then. And we do not have the points, by the way. We do not we cannot say what points these guys are gonna be because they're not in the are they in the back of the that book? Oh yeah, the points are listed in the back of the book. However, of course I don't trust them. Yeah. Because the points in the back of the book actually are pretty dang good. And they're also old. Because in yeah. this book, 10 Desolators costs 240 points. Yeah. Which is yeah. the printed on release version of the index. This was before, this was back when Wraith Knights were like three, 300 mm-hmm. points or whatever God did to us as punishment. So we can't say with any confidence how much this guy costs. So we're probably not going to. And we'll just wait to see what they do. Because I very much expect these to be added to the field manual. On release, on release day of the, the actual codex in the shop fronts. All right, but uh, what's the next one that appears? I'm assuming it'll be the jump intercessors. Um, let's see. Do you do you want me to cover changes as I go through this? Yes, like that yes, relevant. by all means, please do. So let's go relevant change. Um, the most relevant change here is the lieutenant with combo weapon who used to yep. pick an objective and become an, a six inch aura of real ones to win against it. Now picks an objective and gets everyone on the table to real ones to win against that objective. It's only one per, so sorry, it's only one total. If you took exactly. three of these guys, it would still only be one objective, but ostensibly you put a marker on that objective and everyone reels once to wound in your entire army, no range limitations, no nothing against anything on that objective. It is extremely good and definitely has turned that model into an auto-take. Absolutely. This, this is going to be a very popular choice. Um, so that's cool. Uh, going down the line, then I am flipping, flipping, flipping. Uh, the, the technically the new Terminator chaplain can take a storm shield. That's exactly what it sounds like. Give him a storm shield. Excellent. Yep. Um, where is that command squad? There we go. Company heroes. The new company heroes. I actually think are a little bit spicy. Nice. So the new company heroes. Um, add one. So there are four models, and they have a little rule that they own that they have to have a captain or chapter master attached. Otherwise, they are immediately destroyed. <laughs> okay. And that, that, that's at the beginning of the game, to be clear. Like, if the guy dies, the unit will still fight. But do not come up with a cute way to not put a, chap- a captain in this unit. It doesn't exist. You'll just, they'll just die at the start of the battle if there's not a captain Hilarious. or a chapter master attached. But they just don't count as take part in the battle, and they count as being destroyed. So, they are... Four wound space marines with all the other stat lines of an intercessor. So just each company hero is two intercessors in a trench coat because it's four wounds. Yep. Then there's four dudes and they each have a different weapon. Um, one of them is armed with an Astartes banner, which gives a plus one OC. And uh, while there's a captain, while there's a character attached, they are minus one to be wounded, which is nice. Oof. Not a higher yeah. toughness, just always minus one to be wounded. That's wild. Yeah, quite solid. And so we've got a guy with the banner and a bolt rifle. Then we have one guy with a master crafted bolt rifle, which means that it's AP one damage two, two shots, rapid fire one, devastating wounds. Really weird. This is like the stern guard bolt rifle, but damage two and not assault. Then okay. we have one guy with a master crafted heavy bolter. And I'm not going to lie. This is the best heavy bolter I've ever damn seen. It is uh, a <laughs> heavy and sustained hits two, but it's ballistic skill three. Strength 5, AP 1, damage 3. Oof. Yes, that is it's a, it's a good heavy bolter, but it is still a heavy bolter. Um, then one guy 
happens to have a mastercrafted power weapon, which is a six attacks, five, two, two baseline precision weapon. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, this unit does have four models who each possess a different shooting profile, which means that you do have to activate all four guys very slightly differently, which I hate. I don't know why they gave us both a bolt rifle and a mastercrafted bolt rifle. Just give both the guys a mastercrafted bolt rifle. Like, who are we? Damn straight. Are are they not the heroes of the Imperium? Are they not? Yeah, just give me two. Um, (laughs) So, very cool. And uh, without the points, the context is missing a little bit. They're printed as 90 in the back of the book. So they could be 90. And not, yeah, 90 for four double up intercessors with minus one to wound is actually kind of good. That is, like, is actually very good. The I've weird thing good. is that is that they themselves don't need a captain or a chapter master, and so it's okay. Which captain or chapter master am I attaching here? Because like you don't need to give this unit a free strat. You'd rather put them yeah. on a real unit. And then what are the chapter ma- like? What do the chapter masters even do right now? Calgar, you don't put him here. <laughs> so it's in true. my mind, this. This unit really exists for Vulcan because Vulcan is an aura. He doesn't, he's a captain who doesn't buff the unit he's attached to in any way, shape, or form. He is purely an aura. I think this. So it doesn't have to be your warlord to get the minus one to win, does it? It could just be any captain or chapter master. Uh, just, just a dude, just a captain will do it. So you, you could put a captain just for the sake of having a not that expensive, probably slightly bit of a beater unit running around at minus one to wound four wound dudes like that's kind yeah. of i was about to say you just do a min max cheap ass captain with fine stower and just chuck him in there and then you know hopefully the points don't become too erroneous put him in like i mean at that point it's a six man you can chuck that in that actually works in an impulsor yeah a unit that works with an impulsor joy and or a repulsor executioner it doesn't it doesn't have an awkward you know Six blade guard in a character can't go in anything except you know <laughs> you're paying for an expensive transport. Uh, I like the unit. I actually like the unit quite a lot. And but we need to see what the actual points are. At ninety points, yes, that unit is very viable. And I probably I probably take one and mess around with it. But uh, at, yeah, we will have to wait and see if it blows out to one fifty or you know one twenty even possibly it gets yeah. a, bit, a bit yikes. But four wounds is freaking juicy, man. Yeah, I like four wounds a lot. So yeah, right on. So next up, we've got the Assault Intercessor with the Jump Packs. This is bluntly an Assault Marine. This is just an Assault Marine, except they made Hammer of Wrath worse. It is no longer roll a dice for every model in the unit. It is roll a dice for every model in the unit within engagement range of the enemy unit you charged. And for every 4-plus, deal a mortal wound. Yep. Yep. So a 10-man has to... If a 10-man rolls a 6... And gets five guys in engagement range, you roll five dice, even though there's ten guys mm. in the squad. Other than that, it has the exact war gear that it looks like they would have, which means they are basically an assault marine squad that lost the eviscerator, no. gained a worse hammer of wrath, and can take hand flamer instead of a plasma pistol. Okay. I don't this this unit depends on the points so much. If this is a cheap skirmish unit, it's actually useful if it's not cheap it doesn't do anything else so how many points were an assault marine um, that is a fantastic question that i don't have an answer to but i can I got pull up uh, you got it okay yeah pull, pull up the current points cost of an assault marine and i will tell you what the back of the book says about these bad boys 
Assault Intercessor was 80 for five, and an Assault Squad was 95 for five. So, so if that is... Yep. They're 90 in the back of the book. So it's not unrealistic that that stays the same. Yeah, if, if they're 90, I could actually justify, hey, it's five dudes who go 12 inches and kill your opponent's cultist screen. Maybe chip a couple wounds off of, like, maybe they finish off a wound, like a two-wound in car or something, too. You know, like, deal a couple more. Yes. Oops, sorry. Right, like, they're, if they're, as long as they're in that price line, I think this unit has some value. Do they have grenades? Yeah, uh, they're they're just dudes. So they've got uh, uh, yeah, they've got grenades. They've got tacticus, jump pack, fly. They've got the keywords you'd expect. So they can do a couple of models. They can run up, throw their grenades, go for the hammer of wrath. You know, arguably they can chip some heavy duty stuff in a pinch. Yeah, they they can they can function like the assault marines of old years still. And if they're in the same price line, they'll have some niche use the same way that assault marines yeah. have niche use right now. Yeah. Um, the only issue would be then who who gets better? Uh, is it the Vanguard? Are the Vanguard vests still better? Because they're 105 for 5, 210 for 10 uh, versus, you know, what could be 180. That's so, probably yeah. a points cost that I would pay for lethal hits in a Storm Shield. Yeah. But and, uh, losing one more than costing a little more isn't nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It's not too bad. Uh, all right. Is there any other new units or is that it? Um, there's been a couple other data sheets that got some updates. Yep. Um, Tactical Marines gained combat squad back. I have no idea what they had before. I just know that this is new. Um, however, that doesn't make them interesting. Um, scouts are asterisk new. The new Scout Squad data sheet looks a lot more like Scouts than it does Sniper Scouts. It's literally Scouts with the same rules before that go back in reserves, and you can take one sniper rifle per five guys. That's it. Yep, that's it. Uh, let's see. Going through this real quick. Uh, Vanguard are unchanged, but Sternguard are changed. They got a new kit and gained a couple of random options, like a Power Fist on a Sergeant, um, and a Pyre Cannon, which is a D6 plus 1, Strength 6 Heavy Flamer, so that's yep. cool, but it's not as good as a Heavy Bolter with Dead Wounds. Um, and then the actual important part is that their rule changed, and it yes. did not get better, because they no longer double-tap. Mm-hmm. Instead, the only they reroll re once to wound against the oath target. Yep, and this was a unit that took the oath change possibly the worst of any. They needed the reroll to wound to really activate and hit their their stride. And then you know the second shoot was just a such a cherry on top that you loved it. And I think Stonegard are in a very rough place now. I certainly I have I have ten sitting here on my painting desk, and they're probably going to the back of the line. Yeah, I've got 20 that I don't even think I'm going to finish building. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit sad because they were they are an extremely cool kit, extremely good unit, extremely fun thing to have back in the game. But yeah, I uh, I really worry trying to figure out what they even do now. Fully Hellblast is just like look like such a, a better <laughs> version of everything they do now. Yeah, I think, um, I think and, and, okay. where I'm at is that Sterngard need to fundamentally change their cost. They need to yep. be like five points more than an intercessor. And of course, until we see those costs, we're not going to really know if that's what they're doing. Totally fair. Um, any other major changes? Uh, Terminators changed a little bit, mainly in that they uh, they just, their Fury of the First Rule lost half of it. Now they no longer ignore hit mods. Damn. They just wow. lost, they lost that half the rule entirely. Was was Terminators just like ruining people's day? Vanilla Terminators, or just yep, like yes, wrecking vanilla, people? What's going vanilla on? Vanilla Terminators lost half of their role. 
yeah. So <laughs> we lost uh, a lot of units. Um, what yeah. percentage of your of your Space Marine collection is now in the legend? Is now legended? Just just to... oh. so I'm I'm a relatively new ish Space Marine player. I started in eighth, so I actually didn't lose that much. I lost nine attack bikes. I lost yep. zero regular bikes, but my 12 Death Watch bikes do not look like they're going to age well. Um, I lost uh, like a total of five different types of land speeders, a Thunderfire cannon, um, and a lot of scouts. And oh, and oh, God, I had so many land speeder storms. Ugh. Yep. So I lost, uh, I lost the same nine attack bikes. I lost 12 regular bikes. Which are now going to be trying to be played as outriders in Horus Heresy. Uh, I also lost, um, yeah, three Thunderfire cannons, and I think that oh yeah, and fifteen sniper scouts. Poor now, one full, out. Poor one out indeed. Although I, I would you be would you be peeved if someone rocked up with their regular scouts to play as the new scouts? I would have no issue. Not even a little bit, as long as they get the ward you're right ish, which means sniper scouts are a little hard. I think it'd be okay. But yeah, regular scouts throw a sniper scout into the unit to be a random free sniper rifle? Sure. Yeah, totally fine. Other than uh, that, on that I think note, everyone else stayed the same. I'm just double checking everything real quick. Uh, yep, but everything else looks like it is what it was before. That's it. So on that note, we are going to wrap it up. We have concluded our review of the Space Marine Codex. Thank you very much, John, for coming on. Time to do that final rating, uh, which we're going to be doing with all the guests in the part two as well. So we'll hear how well a, a myriad of space read experts are feeling about this out of 10. How happy are you with this codex? Um, like honestly, like five. Yeah. I, I like I, the flavor. <laughs> I hate the oath change. I really need to see points. And I hate that. Like, Games Workshop hasn't updated the MFM yet. I was really hoping that they would update it when it went on pre-order. Um, I, I don't know. It feels like they they missed a lot of the detachments. Some of them are great. And I feel like they missed a couple data sheets. I just, I just didn't understand Space Marines losing half of Oath, and I don't care what the preview yeah. article said, not getting anything to compensate them for it. Like, more rerolls, my my butt like i don't yeah, nah. that, that's they, not even real they didn't get anything they didn't yeah, get anything to compensate for that so it, and at the start of last episode i stayed that i and i think we stated it previously that yeah i do believe space marines i mean if you were just if you were just to play your 2000 point gladius army um now your army has undeniably gotten worse like by probably 10 to 15 percent just straight up worse because of the oath change and you haven't gotten anything given to you because no units got buffed and no data sheets got buffed. They all stayed the same or got worse, all got removed. Um, so if you're just playing your 2004 Gladius list, there is no denying your army got worse. Like, no denying. Yeah. I would, um, I would and- rather have eaten a 15% points increase than the Oath change, because I love that the Oath change really rewarded the elite Space Marine playstyle. I acknowledge Oath in a vacuum was too strong, but in the context of what Hammerings were doing, it didn't feel crazy. No, it did never It It, it felt... <laughs> I yeah, I do not like this change. I do not like that change. I love everything we've got though. Like I love all the data sheets. I'm sorry, I love all the detachments. I think apart from the first company, I actually will probably play all all the other five. The anvil will probably just be in a test game lol. You know, just to, to mess around with some some of the, the interesting stuff in there, just the strats. 
But um, five of the six detachments I could legitimately have a game with and enjoy playing. And so, sorry, five of uh, the deta- yeah detachments. Um, so I think that is a win. I think I gave it a six out of ten uh, because literally it has more playable detachments than not, and that in itself I think puts it over the the half mark. But I, I do think the Space Marines may be uh, treading water a little bit in the competitive meta, and I rated them at about, at about a B tier <laughs> faction, and I think I'm going to stick with that. What do you think? Uh, generally agree. Yeah, they're going to be very middle of the pack in my mind. Um, the the defense I'll give them my five is that, yes, they have more than half of the detachments playable, but it actually feels like half of the detachments require you to take either aren't playable or aren't playable with the Codex. Because I think Stormlance... Stormlance is artificially inflated by Dark Angels and Space Wolves, who, for what it's worth, I don't think should have access to these attachments once they get a codex. That's a personal yes. thing. I agree. Yeah. I well, well. So I mentioned this in the previous one. Also, the as soon as you let like so, the, one of the reasons they're they're si- almost siloing is the word I'm using for having all the rules essentially attached to a detachment. It really helps. It's really to help them with balance and management of you know, how many rules are available, and, and us as players, how many rules are available to each army and how much knowledge we have to have to play the game. If you start letting an army like, let's say, Dark Angels have, you know, what, three, four, five Dark Angels detachments and then seven generic detachments, we're not, we haven't reduced anything. The bloat on the game is still astronomical. So yeah. it, it needs, it, I think it almost needs to happen. I, I, think it, I think it's fine for Index Hammer, but I think that once we have a Dark Angel Codex, I think we give Dark Angels six detachments of their own and then say by the way you can't use the space ring ones well that i wouldn't would be, be surprised i would not be surprised if the Stormlance is one of the ones that's just in there um you know something like that could happen like they take one of the generic ones and put it in the codex along with you know two or three um specific ones and then they shut the door on the rest potentially yeah because like, it's gonna be it's like it could be like let's say let's say um we have the Dark Angels one, for example. They'd start you got the Gladius, you got the Stormlance, which is, could be just reskinned to say Ravenwing almost. It could just do that. Um then you have a Deathwing and a Greenwing. That's it. There's your, there's the four that are applicable. One of them is generic for everybody, three specific to Dark Angels, that's what you get to use. Mm, what if they give you the first company task force? <laughs> uh, they freaking could, couldn't they? That's a terrible idea. They, why did you ruin my day? Why? John, why? You could have just not said that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah, we both think they're about... Uh, um, uh, I think the best Space Marine players with the best, most tuned armies can still get them operating in the A tier, but uh, the vast majority is going to be a B tier army, I think. I, I fully agree. I think upper end Space Marines is still going to be better than the numbers will suggest, even after this. But I think that for most Space Marine players, this is not going to be like either of the last two codexes on release where they dominated the meta on release. I think we're just going to see a lot of Space Marines because people like Space Marines, and then it'll trickle away at the normal pace. Agreed. All right, mate, we're going to go over and record a little segment for part two. Hopefully you'll join us there where I'm I'm hoping to at least have um, three, four, possibly even five Space Marine experts coming on to give us their hot takes on their feelings of this new codex. So join us there. If you have not, if you are at all inclined, jump over to Patreon, Art of War Down Under, and or get yourself into the war room and start absorbing all that Space Marine goodness through your skin uh, from <laughs> Jack and John predominantly. Indeed. All right, mate. Say goodnight. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Art of War Down Under. A content review podcast for Warhammer 40k.
Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Produced by Seamus Ronan. Enjoyed the show? Want your lists reviewed and the content you heard put into practice? Sign up to our Patreon and connect with us online or on Facebook. Just search for Art of War Down Under. Signing out from tomorrow.